Hello and welcome to Longevity Now, the place for all your news and views of life extension from around the world. A couple of years ago, we talked with Neil Fenadar from Labdor about the quality, concentration, and contaminants in your supplements. Well, the company continues to test a lot of various nutrients and supplements from around the world, and now we're going to check in and see how things have been going lately in the supplement world. And now I'd like to welcome to the Longevity Now podcast, the co-founder and CEO of Labdoor, Neil Fenadar. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, how is business going lately? We talked a couple of years ago, and you were a growing company, and I know supplements are big business, and there are more coming onto the market every year, more intricate types of therapeutics and nutrients. How have things been at Labdoor? Absolutely. So I think a couple of big changes. So last year, uh, we really started testing uh, new category products. We started testing CBD products once they became legalized late 2018. Uh, so we started with CBD oils and hemp oils. I started looking at CBD vape cartridges in different categories of products. I think there's two big problems there. I think a lot of the products don't necessarily have the CBD amounts they claimed. We can also test for THC to make sure that no one fails a drug test. Uh, and so there's a lot of factors there that as soon as a, a new product or a new category becomes legal out of nowhere, it becomes something where labor is even more needed than usual. Yeah, I suppose it's interesting on your end to see a new product category and then see immediately what is the problem there, purity, contaminants. What would you say with hemp oil and CBD oil that is just charged onto the scene? What has been the main problem with some of those products? So there's some products that will have a multiple percentage of THC in them, right? Oh. So that really is a big factor. So there's a lot of products that are really they're either cutting their like a normal cannabis oil and just calling it hemp oil or calling it CBD oil. There's, right, so there's a lot of, and these things get sold on Amazon. There's really no pre-market quality control system for this, just like supplements. From our testing perspective, it's very similar. It's purity and accuracy. Okay, and then also, when a new product category kind of comes onto the market and becomes big, do you see it kind of before it hits big time? Are people, you know, that new product, they're going to Labdoor and they're saying, hey, test this product. Uh, so do you get kind of an inkling what the next big thing is? Or is it the opposite way around where all of a sudden something's big on the market and then boom, 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 people then end up trying to get it tested? So we see in 2020, right, a big part of the COVID crisis. So we see vitamin D, zinc. A couple of these kind of key immune subs are all of a sudden more popular than even protein, which protein, fish oil, multivitamins are usually our top three categories. And now the completely different top three, vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C are the top three categories now. And have you noticed any um, things that are glaring with those immune supporting products now that you're testing them quite a bit? Well, I, one of the things is actually partly it's testing and partly it's just research, right? So there's a lot of good evidence of for vitamin D actually having good support for your immune system. A lot of people are, especially when you're stuck inside in a quarantine type situation, you get, you're getting less vitamin D. That actually has strong scientific evidence. There was also all these kind of rumors and different things about vitamin C. And the idea was that vitamin C is a good treatment when you already have a COVID. It was like an IV vitamin C. It's not like, it wasn't meant to be like, take 10 or 100 pills before you get sick. That was definitely something that we've been trying to explain to our, our users. It's definitely a difference between kind of the products that have that scientific claim versus those that don't. Sure, yeah, a lot of people have been talking about the IV vitamin C, but yeah, big difference between trying to, you know, eat 20 lemons and, uh, you know, things like that from getting IV. 
One thing that we talked about the last time we sat down and chatted was contaminants in a lot of the products. And you had mentioned, I believe it was mercury, that even though it was below the limits where it would be considered illegal or it would be considered dangerous to be in a product, you said mercury levels seem to be rising slowly through the years as you were testing. You were a little worried about that. Have you seen that trend continue recently or any other type of heavy metals or contaminants that seem to be getting into more products? So we're seeing, so mercury is still at high levels in, in some fish oils especially has been an issue. We're actually seeing more arsenic now, especially in herbal supplements. Uh, so lead and arsenic contamination has become a bigger issue. So a lot of that is groundwater, right? It's a lot of issues with, there's contamination everywhere, whether globally, whether it's getting into the, the soil. And so I think a lot of people have this kind of assumption that, oh, then the natural quote unquote supplements will be, will have fewer heavy metals, but actually it could be the other way. The plant-based products might actually be catching more of these heavy metals through the soil than other products. Okay, so probably something to do with pollution, just general air pollution, water pollution that's kind of getting everywhere in the world is what you kind of your inkling at there. Exactly, because I think that's when we're seeing it in all products at this kind of base state. There's a few times where magnesium was a case where a third of the products failed for arsenic levels, and they were actually it was actually over like legal limits for that. Uh, so there's some cases where that must have been like an a actual like supply chain contamination, but a lot of these are more like nature based or globally uh, distributed. So it's not necessarily you can't kind of avoid it just by saying. Uh, oh, I'm going plant-based or, or something else. What about the difference in farming? I don't know if you have had the opportunity to test supplements versus you know, ground-based agriculture or hydroponic, because theoretically hydroponic would maybe be able to eliminate some of those contaminants. So we haven't actually seen that many kind of hydroponic-based supplements. It would be interesting, especially if maybe that's not a supplement, maybe that's actually replacing supplementation with more kind of homegrown or products. There's a lot of interesting kind of options there. It's not just about supplements, right? It's a, there's a wider group of things that you can work on. Yeah, well, and one thing I noticed in looking at Labdoor's website, people can go to labdoor.com, I believe it is. And I took a look at one of my favorite products, which is chocolate and the dark chocolate products. And I noticed they almost all failed. They almost all got a failing grade, but not because they didn't have cocoa in them or other nutrients, but because the heavy metal testing failed. Could you speak a little bit about that? I know chocolate typically does have that problem, but is every chocolate bar in the world have the heavy metals in them? I'm also a big dark chocolate fan, right? And it is actually the concentration. When you're seeing dark chocolates having a bigger issue than milk chocolates, for example, that's actually an issue in the chocolate supply itself. A lot of the stuff is so sad, right? It's where I'm just a few miles away from Flint, Michigan here. It's not just Flint, right? It's in the whole world. There's, these issues are everywhere. In one case, are there like new manufacturing processes? Are there kind of different supply chain systems that we can use to make that better? Or is it just kind of permanently destroyed our system? I think about that a lot. It's like the system itself is broken. And so as much as we can, we're testing the system and we're showing where the system has gone wrong. But I think the system itself is fundamentally broken and whatever we can do to start fixing the system itself is something that's, that's always in my mind. I guess some sort of form of new clean energy would be first thing that would help out with that uh, system, that's for sure. And then also I noticed for people who go to your website to review certain products, uh, on the grading scale, could you let me know, is it 
graded on a curve and like you take a whole batch of products and you're like this is the best one it gets the best rating and this is the worst one it gets the worst rating or is there a different type of grading scale we used to do a more kind of scaled curve system we simplified it and tried to make it as objective as possible so at this point it's just 50% of the score is purity, 50% of the score is accuracy. We're looking at, you know, we're penalizing higher for underages. So if you say, if it's 20 grams of protein and you're actually 19, that's better than if you had 21. 21 would be better than 19, right? So missing one high versus one low. So a little adjustments like that, but other than that, it's pretty much just a straight scale of, uh, you know, what's the closest to 100% accuracy and what's the closest to zero contaminants. People listening here might make their own supplements, uh, maybe some uh, companies or maybe just uh, regular people taking their supplements at home and they think, boy, you know what? I want to get my chocolate bar tested or I want to get my multivitamin tested. How would they do that at LabDoor? The harder part is it's harder for us to test individual people's products, partially just because the testing can be hundreds to thousands of dollars per product. And so in most cases, our system works better when we're testing like the popular product, like we test once and millions of people read that result, is easier than kind of like the one-to-one -one testing. There's not great, there have been companies that have claimed to say that, you know, they've got a scanner or they've got, you know, a dropper, almost like a Theranos-like system where it's like you can ethically test the your food. I haven't seen one of those work yet as much as I've seen people pitch those. So I'm still waiting for those. Right now, it's still, it's, we're talking about still like thousands of pounds worth of equipment to, to test even like a simple supplement. So most of your testing then is a company approaching you and trying to get a rating and, and figuring out if their product is, if the, the quality control basically end of it. But say there was an individual and they, they really wanted to contract through LabDoor. You're just saying like, hey, if you got 500 bucks or a thousand bucks and you want to test one particular supplement, they could come to LabDoor and get it tested. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll either do it that way or what we try to do is if there's a popular category, we'll just cover first 10 tests per category, let's say, just to kind of get it started. It's amazing how much, what, like 90% of sales can sometimes be in like the top 10 products in the category. So if we can kind of do some of that testing and figure that out, it makes it simpler. And then what we love seeing though is it's not always the best selling products that are the highest quality. So we do want companies to come and we want them to compete and we want people to like all our social media is just at Labdoor, so Twitter, Facebook, everything. You just send a message. One of the things that we're seeing a lot of, we're getting a ton of requests for products from India uh, and protein is especially becoming really popular in India. And so there's a, so we've been testing more Indian protein products. And so a lot of kind of our expansion come from, if there are very popular products that we haven't tested because, you know, we haven't seen them in the market, that's where if the best uh, kind of people can just at Labdoor tell us what they're taking, send us a picture, uh, and we'll we'll put it on our list of tests. Great. Well, good advice for everyone out there who wants to see uh, what's being tested and what's coming onto the market. Neil, thank you so much for joining us here on the Longevity Now podcast. Thanks for having me. Neil gives us something interesting to think about, that not only should we worry about what's in our supplements, but also what's going on around the world, contaminants that are getting into the environment. Think about that as well in your journey to a longer, healthier life. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.